Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. Good to have you with us here on Money and Me. Concurrent selling in equities and government bonds not proving long-lasting following last week's downdraft in both asset classes. Um, some say it would be premature to dismiss last week's rates, volume-induced risk, sell-off, price action as a one-off. Now, amidst this context, let's look at investing, particularly in unit trusts. Apparently, they were uh, doing pretty well last year. Funds flowing to unit trusts. Trust recorded strong results. Some unit trusts delivered returns of up to 200%. So what are you investing in if you choose a unit trust? We're going to find out with Alfred Chia, CEO of Sing Capital. We'll also find out which sectors are poised to do well this year for unit trusts. Um, what themes are likely to do well in this area? Emerging markets. How about student accommodation or healthcare? Where can investors find income in this space? And then later on, speaking of income, we're going to talk about um, possible changes to capital gain taxes here in Singapore on property sales, given uh, the recent news that's been trickling following the budget announcement uh, of you know what Singapore is going to do in order to fill up its coffers, so to speak, to fund its deficits. Alfred Chia, CEO of Sing Capital, joining us live right now. Good morning, Alfred. Good morning, Michelle. All right, we've got a lot to cover. I wonder if we can start by defining what a unit trust is. What are we investing in when we say we're investing in a unit trust? Well, actually, unit trust is a pooling of funds by different investors and managed by professional fund managers. And they will actually invest in different teams. I mean, very traditionally, we will know about, like, for example, uh, US, uh, Asia, uh, or China's kind of thematic. But as, as the years evolve, right, unit trusts actually have become very interesting. They now have themes like uh, disruptive innovations, uh, global healthcare, artificial intelligence. Mm. So these are the different kind of thematics that allow investors to have the different choice. But essentially, unit trusts need to be liquid and you can invest as little as $100, so, ah. which is very investor friendly. Yes, absolutely. All right. So when it came to last year, I understand, Alfred, uh, you think last year was a very good year for unit trust? Uh, well, I think like many investment classes, right, uh, unit trust actually did uh, very well. Uh, I mean, last year was also a very phenomenal year where many retail investors were rushing to open their stocks trading account. True. And this was actually, uh, I mean, this, this interest uh, is, is really worldwide. And of course, U.S. took it to another level by the rise of Reddit and then the GameStop, those kind of uh, uh, phenomenal kind of uh, changes. Mm. Yeah, but I think for a lot of retail investors, um, they generally understand it's a good time to invest during crisis. And they were the ones who were able to seize that opportunity. But what we also observe mm-hmm. is that because many retail investors do not have the necessary investment knowledge, yes. and they were really using their their whatever funds, they were actually taking on quite a lot of investment risk mm-hmm. by being very focused in only a few stocks. Yeah. So investment is about managing risk. So when you actually invest in a particular stocks. And if, let's say, that particular stock, because of the trend, thematic, it rise, it doesn't make you an investment guru. 
right? I mean, you just happen to be at the right time at the right place. Mm-hmm. But investment is also like a marathon. You need to be able to pace it out. I mean, over a period of five years or 10 years, uh, does the investment portfolio still is profitable? So consistency is always the challenge. But, you know, funds are not... Some funds are not principal, they're not capital guaranteed. There are risks, of course, as with any investment vehicle. But even with unit trust, you could lose a substantial amount of money that you've invested, uh, right? But I, I think you're talking about the fact that unit trusts generally are, are managed by professional fund managers. And in that way, you're reducing your risk if you're an absolute newbie to the scene? Well, the risk is the same as equity, uh, but it's just that it's uh, better managed because there's a uh, diversification, mm-hmm. right? Because unit trust is actually investing in a wide area of uh, stocks. Um, I mean, of course, there is always the supporter and always the the uh, people who are actually negative about it. Mm. But I mean, um, we just look at it as one of the investment instruments, right? In, in one of the investment asset class. Mm. I mean, not to discount it totally. Mm. And the reason why some people actually uh, may not be so keen about unit trust is that it takes away the excitement mm. because you don't get to pun the stocks, right? You actually leave your money to the professional fund managers to manage it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, especially if you are in for the excitement, you know, uh, you pick the right stock, you pick the wrong stock. You know? So, but again, that, then it becomes a bit more uh, speculative in nature. So are you investing or are you doing speculation? Mm, good point. So last year, what were the best performers in your view when it came to unit trusts? Oh, very interestingly, mm-hmm. uh, for example, uh, we use uh, IFAS platforms they, we, because we actually use this platform to do our research for our clients. Mm-hmm. So based on the 2020 top five performing funds, uh, you have like BNP Paribas Energy, mm-hmm. it gave a return of about 180%. Wow. That's and amazing. there's one very, yes, there's one very interesting, Nico AM, yes. Arc Disruptive Innovation Fund. Yes. And one of the stocks that they carry is Tesla. It Ah. actually delivered a return of about 140%. My goodness me. But of course, this is based on uh, year to year, right? And then, of course, depending on different timing um, that you actually invest, let's say for 2020, the return could be higher, it could be lower. Because again, it depends on the timing. So what a lot of people actually do when they use unit trust to invest, Mm -hmm. they do RSP regular savings plan kind of method. That means they do a monthly investment amount. So therefore, they don't have the emotion that comes in. They just use the mathematics to actually uh, ease off the volatility. And for some of these funds, you can invest using your CPF, right? CPFIS or your supplementary retirement scheme as well. Absolutely. And of course, even if you're using cash, the returns is uh, tax-free because uh, there's no capital gain tax. Ah, yes. Important point. Okay, so you mentioned the ARC Innovation ETF and then Energy ETFs. Um, then we have BlackRock, Next Generation, mm. Allianz Global Artificial Intelligence. All these were delivering uh, triple-digit growth. Because in our interaction with um, our clients, the investors, sometimes they want to invest, but they are not sure what are the stocks to pick. Mm. They how to actually enter. So if... Someone with 20,000 is a different investment strategy compared to someone with 200,000. Yes. So take, for example, okay, I mean, we, we, we use Singtel, right, as mm. an illustration. Okay. I mean, Singtel, of course, is a fantastic company. 
uh, they have gotten the digital bank license. Uh, they are poised for the 5G. But 2020 didn't seem to be a very good year for these stocks. So if, let's say, you bought in Singtel on 3rd of March, on that day, the share price was about $2.98. 3rd of but, March last year? Yes. Okay. 3rd of March. Okay. Um, today price, $2.34. Mm. So actually, that's a negative. Right. And I mean, of course, uh, this is based on hindsight, right? Hindsight is always perfect eyesight. So <laughs> if you invest in a Nikko AM Singapore Dividend Fund, right, which is a unit trust, in March, right, in March, uh, as of December, you will actually have gotten a 25% capital growth. 25%? Do they share what's in the constituents of the unit trust? Yeah, so that's why Nico AM, I mean, it's an it's a, it's a ordinary unit trust, but the returns are uh, not necessarily ordinary. <laughs> I'd say that, yeah. Yeah, it could be quite quite interesting and quite exciting, but because they were able to um, diversify the risk, and it's, it, because for investors, if you just focus on one stocks, right, one counter, I mean, actually, uh, based on $2.98, I mean, $20,000, you, you cannot even buy... 10,000 shares, right? And if, let's say, you are to use this 20,000 and then split over to different kind of shares again, do you have the time and the, and the energy, right? And then, of course, what is the right price to actually enter? Mm. So, which is why unit trusts are able to offer that kind of uh, uh, alternative for investors. Absolutely fabulous. So, any, any other last year best performance that stood out for you? Oh, there's actually quite uh, many, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, the one that I just shared are those in the, that cross the three digit, 100 over percent. Mm-hmm. Of course, uh, like what you say, some unit trusts also did very uh, badly. Okay, I mean, of course, it doesn't mean that unit trusts, uh, you, you don't lose money, right? Mm-hmm. It's because it's equity based, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, example, uh, those that did poorly last year were Brazil, Latin America, so these are those that actually registered more than 20 to 30% losses. Wow, that's big. That's yeah. huge. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. So it's not only a happy ending for unit trust, but so far I, I'm leaning in. I'm really interested. <laughs> um, there's no, is there, is there some liquidity risk? I mean, how do you redeem your units in a unit trust? Okay, so I mean, fund managers will actually manage it. So actually, it's important when you look at unit trust to look at um, the reputable professional fund managers. Okay, look at the fund size is very important. Mm-hmm. But of course, it's not, say, a bit of roses investing in unit trust because your costs tend to be higher, right? There's always this thing called management fee. Mm. And then there could be sales charge or there could be upfront fees. Right, because you are actually engaging professional fund managers to manage for you. Um, so this, the, the, the cost will be one of the very important considerations when you are to invest in a unit trust. But if, let's say, you do not have the time to manage and then you want to have the diversifications and you want to have that liquidity, then this could be definitely one consideration. So in your investment arsenal, it's very important to actually uh, have a spread of it mm-hmm. so that you form what we call a core portfolio and then you can have some tactical portfolio. And then after you have done this, you can even go and invest in, in, in Tesla, I mean, or Bitcoins. Yes, after you've done the major investing uh, professionally, then you can have fun 
you know, so-called trying your hand in the stock market yourself on the side, so to speak. I think that's an important thing to do as well. Um, so you help customers, people come to you and, and you help your clients decide because there's a whole world of unit trusts out there. It's, it's hard to even make sense of the titles sometimes. You know what I mean? You're absolutely right. So which is why we always help, uh, advise investors, you have to actually look at yourself. Understanding your own risk tolerance, your risk profile, your, your objective, and time horizon. I mean, last year, there's one uh, unit trust uh, which uh, I, I like, which uh, I'm, I'm also invested in, and we also recommend our investors. It's actually Aberdeen Standard China Asia. Mm. So, for example, uh, if you take year to year, 2020, uh, if you take Hang Seng, Hang Seng Index, yeah, it was about minus uh, 4%. Uh, Shanghai Composite is about uh, positive 10%. But this Aberdeen um, Standard China A share deliver a return of 50 to 60%. Sorry, I have to pick up my jaw from the ground. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I mean, I, I was definitely uh, very happy. I mean, a lot of our clients were actually uh, very happy. It, that is really one way to get into China. Okay, So, I mean, of course, you need to trust them. The next thing is, do I want to hand over to... The, the, the fund managers to manage for me. But I think looking at the team, right? for example, market like China, emerging market, or Latin America, these are the market that many uh, retail investors will not be familiar what are the things to buy. Absolutely. And Absolutely. also, there is a lot of restriction and limitation, and of course, also the corporate governance, and of course, the tax, and whether you can actually go in. So it's very different from the U.S. market. Right? U.S. market, now there's so many brokerage houses uh, Tiger, TD Ameritrade, all these things, you can actually just open an account quite easily. Yep. Um, and you can actually get going. And the information are transparent and it's very readily available. Uh, but the thing is that the, 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 world, the world actually you know, move around and so it's also depending on what other cycle, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So can I get out of a unit trust? How do I get out of a unit trust again? You just need to sell. Okay, so normally how we... Uh, invest in a unit trust. Mm. Okay, I mean, of course, you can go to a bank, but uh, again, banks may not offer you the wide array. So we always use platforms like IFAS, uh, Fame, mm. uh, UOB Kahian. Mm. So these are the platforms that actually uh, allow investors to actually have a wide array of unit trust, and it's very easy to actually do trade. Uh, you can actually uh, use it over the, the apps, and then of course, for unit trust, normally you come with a professional financial advisor. So in addition to the fund managers, the financial advisors will be able to uh, advise and help you manage and then do the allocation. And a lot of platforms, they also provide what we call free switching, Mm -hmm. meaning to say you can switch from one unit trust to another unit trust. Uh, You can one day in China and then of course, um, next moment, uh, okay, I mean, of course, we want to say they just a figurative speech. I mean, Mm -hmm. um, for example, you can do your rebalancing. Again, you can, you can rebalance from China okay. and then to some bonds and then to some emerging market. So all these things you can done through the platform. And it's very, very user-friendly. Wow. He's Alfred Chia, by the way. He's CEO of Sing Capital, joining us right here on Money and Me. So help us understand um, sectors that you think are poised to do well in 2021 when it comes to unit trust. Just these themes, you know? Okay, 2021, we actually uh, like China, Asia, um, and then Latin America, because especially uh, Brazil, these are the areas that actually have been very badly affected by the COVID. And of course, with the vaccinations, I think they are poised for recovery. Mm. So 
um, well, yeah, these are the kind of actually uh, market that uh, unit trust actually do play a very important part so that the fund managers can help you pick. And of course, you have commodity, right? So you can also invest in commodity through unit trust. So you can invest in silver in unit trust, for example. Yes, okay. Right. So of course, with the unit trust, they want to diversify the risk, right? Mm. So if you are uh, bullish on silver, you can just go and buy silver. But if you are not sure, mm. right, it could be copper, it could be silver, and it could be coffee. Mm. So then you can actually get into a unit trust that have array of all these choices. And it will help you to spread your risk. And for people who actually want to manage the risk, this will be really a very good choice okay, so that you can actually assess. Then you have things like uh, ESG team, you have global healthcare, you have uh, 5G, right? Then, like uh, last year, some of those that did well are all the innovation and tech, for example, artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, actually, if you'd say to buy artificial intelligence, which particular stocks um, that will actually come into mind? We, I mean, for ordinary retail investors, we will not be able to assess those, those information. Absolutely. But the fund managers, they will. Absolutely. Um, what, is, what is the difference between a unit trust and an ETF then? Uh, Okay, ETF is basically a replicate of the index. Mm. So, therefore, it's what we call a, a passive, passive investment. Right? You, you, you identify the team, you identify the, the ETF, okay? then you actually go in. But unit trust is active management because there's a fund manager that will actually look into this. Mm. So, he will actually, I mean, of course, they are very competitive, right? So they need to ensure that they can perform because if they cannot perform, investors can withdraw any time and they will lose the, the investment funds. So therefore, the fund managers need to see how to uh, outbid keep, the market. To keep the investors with them. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and in, to justify their management fees. Yes, which can be as high as how much? Um, okay, depending on the type of the funds, the risk, so average about 1% to 2% per annum. Okay, okay. Now, we know that here in Singapore, we've heard so much about ESG. We know that electric vehicles is a planned blueprint for Singapore. Um, is green investing picking up pace in the unit trust space? Yes, it's definitely picking up. And um, as there's more and more investors. They are actually, not only they believe in the cause, uh, they also are very particular about this. So, and of course, it's very difficult to actually just pick a, a few stocks to actually enter it. Yeah, and you want to have that choices, you want to have that diversification. So, yeah, there are unit trusts now actually use ESG as a main team. And it's actually catching uh, popularity. Okay, great to hear. So, uh, before we switch off uh, away from this discussion, what do you think is important for investors? They want to find income in this space of unit trust. What should they keep in mind? Unit trust is really a, a wide choice. Of course, you have the equity base, then you have the bonds, or you have a combination of both, right? So, I mean, in a broad category. So, actually, investors can also get into the bond market through a unit trust. The only thing that investors really need to look out for is what are the platforms that they're going to use. Um, I mean, for example, uh, iFast platforms is something that actually we find is very user-friendly. So clients can actually assess this platform. They can invest in unit trust. They can also trade share themselves and they can assess to different uh, major markets. So it provides that kind of uh, flexibility. 
And interestingly enough, uh, iFastShare did very well yes. in year 2020. Mm. And you actually stretched to 2021. Yeah, we've been keeping an eye out on that. All right. Well, thank you for that fabulous discussion on unit trust. I want to switch gears and touch on a hot button topic and see what your views are on this. We've been talking to some analysts who say a review of wealth taxes to fund uh, recurring con- spending could center on property taxes. We did a whole show with you on potential cooling measures, but I want to zero in uh, on, on one particular area, and that mm. is uh, capital gains taxes on properties sales. Mm. Um, do you think that is likely given the pace of the property market now? And would this capital gain taxes on property sales, would this target foreign inflows? Well, actually, it's definitely interesting to follow all the discussion. Uh, I'm just glad that I, I don't need to uh, play the role of a finance minister. It's definitely a tough one. Indeed. Um, I, I think for or for the tax, right, I mean, it all depends what is the government objective. Is it to cool a very hot property market or is it to increase revenue for the government? So if you look at the FY 2019 and 2024 IRAs, um, the property tax collections actually contributed 9%, which actually is more than the stamp duty that the IRAs collected. Mm. So this could be one way, I mean, if let's say government need to really increase the the coffer to actually balance the budget, um, I, I think this would probably be one area that there will be likely some adjustment and probably it will affect the property with higher annual value. That means the, the private properties of a higher, uh, bigger size. Mm. Or for, for capital gain, um, I mean, because IRAs, uh, we base on Income Tax Act. Now, the, the key word is income tax. So the, the tax are based on income. And then, of course, income could be employment income, it could be trading income. But because the whole team is about income, so capital gain is about you sell something. I mean, you buy something, you sell, and you make that capital gain, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, which, of course... In a lot of countries like uh, Australia, UK, they do uh, impose capital gain tax. But on the other hand, when you impose a capital gain, do you provide concession if people have a capital loss? Ah, yes. I mean, you have to be fair, right? Mm, What happens if it moves the other way then? Yeah. Are you going to get a rebate on... Right. Yeah. Uh, Which actually, uh, in countries like UK and Australia, they do provide for that. So... Really, I mean, at the end of the day, does it really net off? Right? Really, does it uh, uh, matter? And of course, if let's say the investors do not cash out his investment, there is never, I mean, you're going to take a long time to try to acquire a capital gain tax. Capital gains on property though. Capital gains tax on property sales in particular. Yes, and property normally you hold for a longer time. This is true as well, yes, unless you're you're speculating. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, government has make it clear things like ABSD are more of a tactical as a, as a part of the property cooling measures. So I think, um, I mean, just my opinion is that if, if they want to increase, will be property tax. And All right. Yeah. All right, we have you on record. We can play that back when that comes, <laughs> should that pan out. Thank you so much, Alfred. Such an illuminating discussion. We appreciate your insights today. All right. Thank you, Michelle.
He's Alfred Chia, CEO of Sing Capital, right here on Money FM, Singapore's most influential radio station. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.